Throughout Lent, we have been uh, studying various passages from the Gospel of Mark. We have uh, found that Mark is uh, rather succinct. He uh, moves rather quickly to the very scriptures that we, uh, we consider tonight. Mark has it that he wants us to consider not just the life of Christ, but also the death of Christ. He does have a, a note about Christ's resurrection. It's relatively short. We'll be considering that on Sunday. But for tonight, these scriptures that are presented, that uh, awaken us to the profound work that God has done through His Son, Jesus. So Mark moves uh, his story along to the very place that we find ourselves tonight, at the foot of the cross. As short and as succinct as Mark is, he includes in these passages about the, uh, the death of Christ a full cast of characters. And I contend that we see ourselves in them. The first that we uh, consider tonight is uh, Simon of Cyrene. Simon had traveled a, a long, long way in order to celebrate the Passover in the holy city of Jerusalem. Cyrene is in the northern part of, uh, of Africa. It was thought that uh, every Jew would at least one time uh, during his or her life, that they would make that pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate the the Passover in the holy city. And so Simon traveled that long distance to take part in the, uh, the Passover celebration. And in the mix of that, he found himself being forced by Roman soldiers to carry the cross piece that Christ was bearing all the way to Golgotha. And in that instant, Simon knew that he... Uh, would be unclean, would be unable to celebrate the Passover. We can only begin to imagine the disappointment he, uh, he felt. We don't know for sure what took place between Simon and Jesus as they walked that uh, upward trod to Golgotha. There is evidence, though, to suggest that Simon's heart was turned, that he indeed gave his life to Jesus. It's noted in our scripture for tonight that uh, he is the father of, uh, of Rufus and Alexander. Whenever names are dropped in the, in the New Testament, you, you figure that those names would be well known within Christian circles. There's also a passage of a uh, that notes in the book of Acts of, uh, of, of Simon from Niger. There is some degree of evidence that Simon became a Christ follower as he uh, found himself shoulder to shoulder with Christ as he made his way to Golgotha. What's taking place between you and Jesus as you meet up on the way to Golgotha? You know, we're on that journey as well. That's what draws us to this service, to this place, to consider the, the, the important issue of what God did through His Son on the cross. 
So the cast of characters continues. As we know, there were two criminals crucified along with Christ, one to his right and the other to his left. Mark characterizes the, the two as rebels. Very interesting. The other, other gospels as, as criminals, as thieves. Here, rebels. It is safe to say that they had rebelled against God's design for their lives. And hence, they ended up being crucified. I think we see a microcosm of the world in these two rebels, these two thieves. On one side is the man who derides Christ. And on the other side, interestingly, is the man that comes to his defense. And upon that man coming to, um, to Christ's defense, we hear Jesus saying, and again, one of the last words of Jesus from the cross, today, you will be with me in paradise. I've always found that offering a deep and abiding hope to those who turn their lives to Jesus. I've also found that to be a very hopeful word to those who have lost loved ones, those who grieve so deeply. It's great comfort, tremendous consolation to know that those persons respond to the, to the words of Jesus when he says, today you will be with me in paradise. So as we consider these, uh, these two rebels, one on the left, the other on the right, what side are you on? Do you find yourself deriding Christ? Or do you come to his defense? Now, there were plenty of uh, casual observers who walked right on by as Christ hung from the cross. We see in this portrait uh, all sorts of people milling around. There were some that chose to linger. They were much more vitriolic in the things that they were saying. So you said you were going to destroy the temple and build it again in three days? How about saving yourself? Prove it. Save yourself. There is a lot of disrespect for, for Jesus these days. We know that to be the case. It's not, uh, not so much the end thing to be a Christ follower. There is uh, much disrespect for the faith. And if not disrespect, then disregard. Some would rather revile than revere. Revile rather than revere. Where do you fit into that? I figure that uh, each of us are somewhere along that continuum, somewhere between reviling Christ and the things we do and say, the sort of attitudes that we carry, and revering Him. An open heart, ready to worship, ready to honor ready to do as Christ bids. Well, the scribes and Pharisees join in, and they're, uh, they're in this scene as well. Mark certainly has them uh, very much a part of this scene. We, we shouldn't be surprised. At least they were consistent. You know, you can track through each of the, 
Each of the Gospels are a running argument, this, this seeming feud between scribes and Pharisees, the, 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 the so-called religious of the day, and Jesus, as he calls them to task. And so it is these scribes and Pharisees that gather around this scene. They say, he saved others. He can't even save himself. As if to say, well, he's powerless to save anybody. You're only fooling yourself and others with what you're claiming about yourself. The scribes and Pharisees should have known better. After all, they were the religious. They were well-schooled in the, in the things of God. But it's interesting. Their own self-righteousness blinded them. Their self-righteousness got in the way. Self-righteousness is just that way. And you and I need to, to guard against it. it. It gets in the way of us experiencing what Jesus wants us to experience. It was that way for those scribes and Pharisees, and it is certainly that way for us. How is self-righteousness hurting your relationship with Jesus? Something to think about. And then there was Jesus, uh, front and center. He, uh, he's center stage. His agony was severe, his sacrifice enormous, his love supreme. In fact, his was the greatest love, show of love that has ever been in all of history. There was no show of love any greater before Christ's crucifixion, no show of love greater hence, moving forward from his crucifixion. Jesus was willing to lay it down for our sake, in, including whatever, whatever plans he might have had otherwise. You know, we grappled with that last night. Stephen did such a wonderful job helping to bring to life that not my will, but yours be done, oh God. For Jesus, God's plans were always his plans. In a word, Jesus was perfectly communed with God at every point, at every moment of his life always having the opportunity, the choice, being human, to, to err in that. But Jesus never did. He was perfect in all ways, perfectly communed with God's will for his life. So here's a challenging question. How, how's that sort of thing playing out for you? That living in, in, in God's will, God's plans, being your plans. Well, the only word that uh, Mark has Jesus speaking from the cross, and we'll hear it in just a second, is Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Straight from the Psalms. The people, or at least many of them, gathered around the cross would have recognized that psalm, they would have recognized what, what Jesus was saying. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In, in the press of that moment, 
In that very vulnerable moment, yet another one, Stephen talked about uh, vulnerability last night in the garden. Uh, we, uh, we talked tonight about vulnerability, even as Jesus finds himself on the cross. This, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, is a very human response on the part of Christ. I don't know if you've been uh, reading through our Lenten devotional that we've, uh, we, we've had out. It's, it's really been a good one. This past Tuesday of Holy Week, uh, that devotional uh, had, had this to say. Jesus had not only been forsaken by his friends, but by his heavenly Father. And immediately I, uh, I disagreed with that. God was there all along. In the mix of Jesus' very vulnerable, very human moment, it may have seemed as though God had forsaken him, but God, in, in my estimation, had not done that. God would see Jesus all the way through to his resurrection just three days later. And so God is with us as well, even in our most desolate times, especially in our most desolate times. We figure that God is, is a million miles away from us. And let's face it, there are those times when we, we figure that that is the case. God is always with us. The question always comes this time of year, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And yes, of course, uh, we were. We, we were a part of that cast of characters that... Uh, were gathered around the cross of Christ on Golgotha. Unlike others, though, that stood at the foot of the cross, may it be that we find ourselves counted among the number who, with faith, thank God for the great thing He has done. And because of the cross, we recognize, we, we know, we experience deeply that we are a people who are redeemed. We have been touched by the very love of God through Jesus Christ. So tonight, let's consider the part we play in Christ's crucifixion. Have our hearts been turned by Christ? Or are they the same as they've always been. Remember, Simon's heart was turned. Are we more prime, pri prone to deride or defend Jesus? Remember, that was a lot of uh, those two rebels, those two thieves that were being crucified with Jesus, one to the right, one to the left. Would we rather revile him or re revere him? How is it? that self-righteousness is getting in the way. Most importantly, let's, let's consider, will it be our plans or God's plans? Are we willing, really willing, to lay down our plans for the sake of following Christ? Even if that means giving up our very lives, just as he did. May God be with us.